You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. I hope you guys are having a really, really good day. It is a super, super hot day here in Atlanta. I'm not complaining because I appreciate the sun. Um, Let's see here. So I am just back from a short road trip to Florida. I didn't want to fly. I, for some reason, like even though it was only six hours, I actually like road trips occasionally. And most of the way there, I did not have probably five out of the six hours, I didn't have music on. Like it was really refreshing and invigorating just to hear the heavy wind and just to watch the cows and all of the other things that I saw. It was just like such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think that sometimes we can be so, so focused on our to-do list that we just don't have a to-be list. You know, the ability to just disconnect from everything that is buying from our attention and the responsibilities and just really enjoy the the simple things. When I got back from Florida, I went, what was I doing uh, yesterday? I was out running my errands, went to the farmer's market. You know, <laughs> I had such a good time at the farmer's market. Like, I'm like, these are really, really simple things, but I had such a good time at the farmer's market. And then I was on my way home on my way to Walgreens, and I saw this sign on the expressway that said, you pick blueberries. And I was like, you pick blueberries? What? So I said, hmm, let me just go and see where this sign leads. Y'all, when I tell y'all again, I just follow my bliss and my curiosity like a little kid. It led me to this 12-acre blueberry farm where I picked five pounds of blueberries. So these blueberries, they don't have pesticides or any other of the size that they put on fruit. And I mean, I just had the best time just going from tree to tree, picking the low-hanging fruit, but just going from tree to tree, figuring out which blueberries I wanted to pick. Like it was just so, so beautiful and such an immersive experience. My point is, Sometimes there is nothing to me personally more restorative and more replenishing than being in nature in some form or fashion. So if I have the sun and I have, you know, trees or flowers, it's just like it's everything for me. And that's just probably the introvert in me. So I had such a good time and I got and the funny thing is when I was at the farmer's market, I was going to get some blueberries and I was like, nah, I'm just going, I'm just going to get watermelon because they had seeded watermelon, you know, things without seeds are unnatural, but there's that. So I got the blueberries and I just felt so fulfilled with these blueberries. Like it just really made my day. So it is so important to follow your bliss. I'm a huge believer of scheduling your joy when you can, but I couldn't have scheduled this blueberry picking situation because I didn't know that it existed. But now I'm going to make it a part of my routine. I'm not buying blueberries. I'm going to go and pick them. So how about that? 
Now, here's the other thing about nature and all of that. I have become a rose whisperer. So about a month ago, I had my garden done and I had knockout rose bushes put in the garden. And I was doing what they said, like watering them and following the instructions. And I was like, oh, no, my roses are dying. And so I'm researching everything. And it spoke about transplant shock and it might be overwatered or underwatered. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know which it is? So listen, I just started being very, very diligent with my roses. I pruned them. I took off the dead ones. And now there is so much new life coming from those roses. So sometimes you cannot believe your lying eyes. Sometimes the situation looks dead and it's actually a form of it that needs to die, right? A form of that situation needs to die and new life is is right beneath it. You know, it's just like shedding skin and that kind of a thing. So, man, I got new new roses budding and it's just so beautiful, which leads me to this. I was I've been reading, I'm a voracious reader anyway, but I can read like 3 books in a week. Like I can just consume information. Wait, before I go there, let me tell y'all something else that I recognize by myself. I we're really big on labels and I was like, "God, do I have some type of neurodivergent uh condition because I am very, very sensitive to outside stimuli. And I realized that. So people will ask me, did you see what I posted on this or see what I posted there? I can almost guarantee you that I probably didn't. Let me tell you. So my social media apps are removed from my phone. I use LinkedIn more than anything because I'm probably using it for work. But if I go on social media, I might be I might make it to three scrolls down and then I'm done. That's that's about all that I can take if I'm if I'm on social media because it starts to make me feel overstimulated. And I really don't know what that comes from. So, you know, my mom, I think one of her love languages is sending TikTok videos. She will send you seven TikTok videos. And I'm like, Mom, who who got time to look at all of this? But what I realize is that it overstimulates me. So even though I absorb a lot of information through reading and through researching and things like that, it has to be done in a way so that I can actually manage it. And I don't know what that is. I was just like, am I a highly sensitive person or is it just the introvert? Or is this neurodivergent? Like, I don't really know what it is, but it's really something. I'm sensitive to noise. Like my daughter used to say, you can hear your TV on mute. I'm very sensitive to loud noise. I'm sensitive to smells. I'm sensitive to clutter in my environment because it messes with my mental uh, capacity. So I find that to be, and I'm very, very sensitive to people's energy and the energy by which they operate. You know, I can I can pick it up. I think it's probably why I can come across as so distant or detached, but it's I think it's just a built-in protective mechanism so I just don't lose it, right? So there's that. So let me go back to what I was saying about this book I'm reading, or I'm probably done with it, um, Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. So I got into this book because I was talking to one of my friends and I asked about this other friend and they basically told me that they were no longer, you know, actively pursuing a relationship with this friend. And I said, you know, I'm fascinated by human behavior. So I said, huh, say more about that. 
Well, they ask the person not to do something. The person did it anyway and then came to them after the fact to tell them of this thing that they did. And my friend was telling me that another one of their friend groups stopped dealing with the person about three years ago. But it was like, hey, you know, I make my own decisions. But they mentioned the book Necessary Endings. And funny enough, he speaks about, he uses the rose bush analogy. And it was about being really mindful of the character of people that is around you, not their surface traits, not who they perform to be and who they present themselves to be when it's in their best interest, but who their character consistently shows them to be. And then making determination, is this something that they are willing to work on? You know, is this is this something that they're we're willing to work on changing or modifying this particular behavior? that is bothersome or somehow impactful to our relationship in a way that is negative? Or is this something that this is just who this person is? This is just how they're going to show up and no matter what, and you make the decision on whether this needs to be a necessary ending so that your mental health and it is preserved, right? And so he uses the analogy of the rose bush because he said, Rose bushes are, they're, they're just some of the most beautiful plants around. And he said they produce way more roses or buds than the plants can actually handle. So to get a prized rose bush, you, I didn't realize, I didn't even know this before I became a rose whisperer, but he was saying that you have to develop the ability to know, okay, is this just completely dead and it needs to come off altogether? Is this sick or diseased and with a little treatment it might heal and get better? Or, you know, is, is that, does that need to be pruned too? And so he was just saying, y'all know I'm real big on life audits, but he was saying basically the same way rose bushes do best by prune, being pruned consistently, we have to be as diligent with our relationships and pruning and cutting when necessary. And, and he spoke to something that used to, create a huge sense of guilt in me. He said, basically, when you end a relationship, it's not like you, now I used to do this before I developed a different character and a different level of maturity. I would just leave the relationship and just be done. Like, okay, you know how people say, this relationship no longer serves me. And that is not the way to do it. But he was basically saying that when you end a relationship, you are going to hurt people, but there is a difference in hurting people and harming them. There is a difference in you making a decision for you and what is in your best interest and you inflicting harm upon somebody as if like, you know, it's coming from a malicious place or you have, you, you know, you just have this intention to do harm. And I think that also goes to understanding that we are responsible to people and not for them. Now, am I saying that every relationship that looks like it's a little sickly rose that you just like, cut this off because it's messing up my prized rose bush. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it makes sense to have a level of clarity a level of discernment versus delusion 
and magical thinking to know what really makes sense to continually invest your time and your energy and your attention in the resources that are the most limited. And by making that audit or making those assessments and adjustments, you can reallocate those resources into relationships, situations, careers, work that actually lend themselves more readily to you developing the prize rosebush. And he was saying that because of our fear, um, the fear of unknown, the fear of starting things over, like all of these irrational fears, we avoid endings. And sometimes endings are very necessary. He was just saying like the cycle of life has endings. Marriage says till death do us part. And so Ecclesiastes speaks about a time to to plan, a time to pluck up that which is planted, right? There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And so in just the cycle of life, things change and the, the seasons within things change. The seasons within your work, the seasons within your relationship, the seasons within yourself, they change. And so it's very important to know this season that you're in and so you know how to move. If you are, let's just say, if you're in a death cycle in your life, you are in a cycle of just like shedding old things, old ways of thinking, old ways of being, you know, things are falling off and dropping off and dying and decaying. And it doesn't necessarily mean a death sentence. It's a death season because out of death then comes new life. And so oftentimes we try to hold on to, let's just say, a harvest season where everything is just going great and, you know, it's just raining and pouring blessings. But all of life cycles and seasons. And when we can get into the flow of the season that we're actually in, we can navigate the seasons more readily. And we can also make decisions about who and what is around us in a way that just makes sense. I can remember um, the comedian Dion Cole, he was speaking to something very similar, but he was just like, You met a person and they were incredible. He said, and then you got married to them. He said, but then you elevated and all of these things happen in your life. And he said, now the problem is you were only supposed to be in relationship to that person at that level. And you you committed yourself at a level that you were actually bypassing. And of course, it's like Monday morning quarterbacking some things you don't know until you actually know, but having discernment of the times and seasons in your life, it just is a necessary skill. There's this girl that I follow on Instagram. I don't know if I follow her now. At least I used to. Uh, (laughs) uh, I follow her until I start getting overstimulated. But she, when she said this before, I was like, whoa. She said, I'm not monogamous to anything except my purpose. And I was just like, this girl is just saying that she's uncommitted. That she's that that's not what she was saying. She was saying that she is so intensely committed to her purpose in life that she embraces necessary endings. She embraces the cycle of life. And so she's not trying to hold on to that, which has died, right? And so when she first said it, I was like, man, this is really something. 
Because we often look for people who validate our worldview, and when people don't, it's easier to say something is off or wrong with them than to look at what we might believe to be true. Y'all know, uh, what's the lady's name? Elizabeth Gilbert from Eat, Pray, Love. When she was miserable in her marriage and she was crying out and crying out, and then she got divorced from her husband, everybody is like, oh, you made that vow and you're so selfish and you're this and you're that. And then she went off on her Eat, Pray, Love journey and she ended up marrying the other guy and she stayed married to him for a little bit and then probably 10 years, I don't know. And then she divorced him. And I can't remember if she got into a relationship or got married to her best friend, who was the lady who was dying of cancer. But she lives her life in this way of embracing necessary endings and following the cycles and seasons of life. And most people will point to her and be like, she's selfish, she's a narcissist, she's this and she's that. And you may have your your opinions about it, But let's just look at that for a second. The people who can embrace the seasons and the cycles of life, they don't get stuck, stuck in patterns, stuck in identities, stuck in things that used to work but don't work anymore, stuck in an inability to just like reinvent themselves and go and do something new. And just because you have the courage to choose you know, to end something or begin it in another way, it doesn't mean that you don't grieve or that you don't mourn the loss. It simply means that you recognize it as something necessary for your own growth. And I can remember my coach saying, again, about hurting people, he said, you are gifting people their next level of growth and development as it exists to, as it relates to you, either in relationship to or with you in a different way or relationship without you. And I just really got to thinking about that. And what I realized was um, in a lot of my relationships, I'm like the pillar, right? I I got this mama energy. I don't know how I got it because I don't be trying to mother uh, 55-year-old people. I am 50. But there's this motherly energy in me. So I will care for people. I will love people. That's that's genuinely just, just who I am, right? There's this motherly energy. Well, just like mothers, people form strong emotional attachments with me. But when I say attachments, sometimes it's a hidden emotional dependency. It's not my fault in the sense, like I'm not trying to make you dependent on me, right? And so... When I move or when I move from this space, just think if you're leaning against the pillar or leaning against the wall and somebody were to move the wall, you're probably going to fall over. Because the truth is, while you had me in that that position, you didn't you you just leaned everything on me, right? I'm strong enough to handle it, probably not even recognizing it most of the time, but you didn't develop within yourself your own ability to stand. Remember. Anything that supports you is not designed to support you in the same way forever. So oftentimes what happens, I learned this in my studies, is that the reason why we have such a hard time being independent, I'm not talking about interdependent, I'm talking about independent and just just, just self-reliant in so many instances is because we didn't have a chance to be codependent in our childhood. So In our childhood, 
You know, to not have physical affection for a child, the child could die. The child is solely dependent upon their caregiver parent for food, for love, for affection, and for their meaning of the world. And when that relationship is abusive or neglectful or any traumatic, any of those things, oftentimes the child makes childlike conclusions about the world and how they have to navigate the world to exist. So you have people that are super, super strong, self-reliant. Oftentimes, those are people who are the neediest and who need the most support. And so they become resentful. Now, a lot of times they will never show you how needy they are, right? But they become resentful when you move and and you move from that position. I had this, this situation um play out in my life a few years ago. And this person was so angry at me. Now, I did not maliciously do anything to this person. What I did was create a necessary ending. And it was not to say that I didn't want to be in relationship with the person. It was, I cannot be in relationship with you in this way. Did I handle it in the best way? I don't think so. But one of my cousins said, you know, what people don't realize is how much you are there for them, how much people can just pour out their stuff, pour out all of their stuff on you, and you listen and you support and you're there. And she said, and when you remove that, it just creates this sense of, you know, abandonment or betrayal. My whole point in saying that is we often, we need to be codependent before we're independent. And so, when we have those relationships where somebody is secretly dependent on you and you move and you change the dynamic, now that person is forced to deal with the thing in them that they have not developed. Do you see what I mean? So some relationships that are codependent in nature, they might be codependent for a time, but it should be moving into interdependence because as you become more self-reliant and as you become, yeah, more self-reliant and more independent, you should be able to become more interdependent with another person without being enmeshed or without losing your sense of self. And because these processes are often bypassed or don't happen altogether, we end up with, I think, unnecessary endings because we don't have the information to understand our own patterns. We don't have the information to understand the things that have made our character the way that it is. And so we form connections and then, oh, okay, this is not giving me what I need anymore, so let me go and find somebody else to give me what it is that I need. It's all going to turn out the same way. Um, My former coach said, most of our lives we spend trying to plug our umbilical cord into another mother or into another father. And until we recognize that and are able to give voice to that, relationships become largely unfulfilling. And so that has really changed my whole My whole premise on relationships, because, like, who was I talking to? Was I reading? Who knows? I could have been doing both. And you ask the question, is this relationship giving you what it is that you need? No, it's not giving me what I need. Hmm. Okay. But upon further inspection, 
It's giving you everything that you need. It's giving you everything that you need to grow. It's giving you everything that you need to mature. It's giving you everything that you need to expand your compassion, your ability to understand people that are different, that move different, that have different experiences than you. It might not be giving you what you want. And so you may create a necessary, what you think is a necessary ending because it's not giving you what you want, but it could very, very well be giving you what you need because what you need is probably the precursor to what it is that you want. What you need is to grow. What you need is to expand. What you need is to grow up. And what you need is to grow into the version of yourself that you have not been able to grow into thus far. And so relationships and situations, I think we draw them to us unconsciously, subconsciously to give give us the gift of growth and completion. And so every time we create an unnecessary ending, I think sometimes we We short circuit that growth only to start the process over. So just to be clear, I understand necessary endings, but you have to have discernment, spiritual discernment to know the difference, right? Because your ego will move you to do things that your spirit will say, "Uh uh-uh. This is exactly what you need. This is exactly what it is that you need. Your ego is like, "Uh uh-uh, because this don't serve me because this, 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 and that. Mm -mm." And so discernment says, let me understand the difference in the two. I am not telling you not to end things where they need to be ended. But what I am saying is go in a little deeper. Sometimes, like I can remember the, the work that actually got me into the world of coaching. It was it was at a time in my life that was so chaotic where I just I just felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel and at the lowest point in life. The work felt chaotic. It was during the economic crisis of 2008 and it felt chaotic. I didn't feel like I was a fit for it or it was a fit for me. I was away from my daughter traveling uh, Sunday through Friday and I just thought nothing could be worse. And that was the growth that I needed. That gave me the growth that I needed, the maturity that I needed. And it actually was a precursor to a lot of the healing that happened in my relationship with my daughter. Could I see it as such at first? I absolutely could not. And so if you're only looking at things through your natural lenses and through the desires of your ego, a lot of times you will miss it and you won't know what to cut off and what to keep. So it is very, very important to understand the difference in the two. Now, that being said, my rose bushes is popping. My rose bushes is they, they all I need to see is one little one little sign of new life, and I'm excited, regardless of what everything else looks like. So just think of a rose bush. When most of it looked like it was dying and decaying and wilting, all I needed to see was one little bud. And I'm like, okay, we got new life coming in here. And so I'm excited about the life that I do see. And I'm not dissuaded or discouraged by what looks like death and decay because I understand that it's just completing a cycle. So all that to say to you, beautiful people, you want to gain some wisdom and understanding about the seasons and the cycles of life. 
You want to gain some wisdom and understanding about the season and cycle of life that you are in. You want to gain some wisdom and understanding about the season and cycles of life that are happening in your relationship. You and other people may not be in the same season at the same time, so you need to know the wisdom to navigate that, right? This is your work. This is everything as it relates to you. Just pray for wisdom to understand where you are, how to move, what to keep, what to let go, what to pour love, energy, time, and attention to, where to reallocate your love, energy, time, and attention to something that will be better suited for your purpose. And I'm not talking about like your ego desire, but I'm saying that this just isn't for you in this time and in this season because the two are very, very different. So that being said, I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day.